Welcome back to the Behind the Net podcast. Um, as usual, we're here for another episode. I'm one of your two hosts, Matthew, and with me is my other host, Michael, and we co-host the Behind the Net podcast. We usually dabble into uh, stuff regarding the, the big three Toronto sports teams as well as uh, women's sports in the city, but we'll occasionally dabble outside of uh, the, the town, see what's up, what's going on around uh, the world. Uh, yeah. It's a great listen if you haven't listened to it before, and I uh, hope you stick around. Yeah, check out our uh, other episodes. They can all also be found on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever you're listening to it on right now. Um, and right now we're episode uh, 67, I believe. Lucky number 67. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, before it was bad luck, but now this is kind of becoming good luck for us because uh, I'm not, I don't know if the listeners know, but uh, we have an EASHL team. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Shout out the 1967 Wolfpack. <laughs> um, yeah, we've. Oh, go on. I was gonna say we uh, we've had we've it's been it's been we've had some uh, challenges so far, but uh, I think things are starting to turn around. Yeah, I mean, last week we talked about Michael finally getting his PlayStation, and we decided to pick up uh, NHL 21. Now that we could all play on PlayStation, and uh, we started an EHL club with. Uh, our friend uh, Nick Barden, he's been on the show a couple of times. Great guy. You guys should follow him on Twitter if not. But he's uh, he streamed us a couple of times playing. Uh, we didn't get off to the best start, but we're starting to get some wins now. We're starting to we won a got we won a couple times last night, so yeah, <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. And one one that went to overtime that should have been our win, but the the computer goalie messed up, man. <laughs> <laughs> but the second time we got redeemed uh with the their their computer goalie messing up yeah but then our computer <laughs> goalie messed up again <laughs> <laughs> but then they messed away that was just fun that was a fun day and we'll definitely be playing more so uh check out nick's uh twitch channel or where we'll definitely stream it probably if people come through and want to watch um also we're looking for a goalie on there so if you're a goalie or you know a goalie that plays nhl 21 on playstation uh hit us up <laughs> absolutely we'll be de- definitely down for more players but yeah it's a fun time uh lots of laughs are had and uh overall it's it's great but shout out to matthew because he's the one that brought to our attention that nhl 21 was on sale at best buy and as yes. soon as we saw that all three of us just jumped on it we, <laughs> we bought the game so fast oh yeah here we are now and it's been fun it's been fun so yeah definitely check that out so uh i think that we always start with uh, like our episodes off with video game talk, but I think that pretty much covers our video game talk. Um, but this week, like we have a lot, we have a lot to go through this week. Uh, we're we're going to be having a uh, a great uh, guest joining joining us soon uh, to talk about the Blue Jays. It's uh, Cam Lewis, who's the editor in chief of the Nation Network, which we write for at the Leafs Nation, one of their websites, and uh, he's also the main writer for the Blue Jays Nation. So that's going to be fun when he get, comes on. Absolutely, yeah. He's a great guy. Uh, I've, I've I've been familiar with him for quite some time. It's it's going to be great to get a chance to actually talk to him about Blue Jays. Uh, yeah, I I respect to him because he runs the Blue Jays Nation site up more or less on his own, and he does a hell of a job there. So yeah. if you haven't checked out the site uh, for their articles, you definitely should. Oh, he yeah. does, he puts in a lot of work there. Oh yeah, for sure. And as as I said, we're going to be talking about the Blue Jays. Um, before we get into that, we'll get into that very soon. But that interview, he'll be on here shortly. Uh. How about them? Those Blue Jays, Michael. Big win yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they absolutely demolished the uh, Atlanta Braves. I mean, going into that game was a big one because surely today's game uh, is a bullpen day, as I believe they're going to go with the starter ro- ro- uh, starter route and uh, 
use as much of their bullpen as possible, but it was a big, a big night for Robbie Ray getting to the seventh inning. Uh, but also the bats came to life. Uh, Teoscar is back. Oh, George yeah. Springer starting to get his uh, groove on. It's it's Blue Jays are starting to figure things out, and uh, once everyone's clicking, it's it's going to be a great team to watch. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, the score was like thirteen five last night, so definitely the offense is starting to get going. Uh, like you said, George Springer um, has made his debut a couple games ago, so uh, just waiting for him to get in, uh, in the swing of things. Uh, Michael, do you think do you have do you still have high expectations for this team? I mean, we talked about our expectations. They're not necessarily high, but like they're pretty positive expectations. So, uh, how, how, how are you feeling about this team so far? I'm definitely feeling a lot better as time goes on, but definitely gives me more confidence that this team has the capability of uh, doing a lot more is the fact that uh, the players are starting to get healthy and uh, everyone's just starting to figure things out. I, I think my, the biggest source of confidence is the play of uh, Vladdy and Bo Bichette. And Vladdy is playing like a man on a mission this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, we've, we knew that he was capable of this kind of thing, but no one, I don't think I expected him to be doing it this quickly and this effectively. It's, it's, he's been great to watch, fun to watch this year. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Vladdy's been pretty much the story of the season so far, but I mean, we kind of saw it coming because, uh, I mean, let's be real. We saw him throughout the entire off season, just training like so hard. We know he, uh, got more in shape he dropped some uh extra weight that he was trying to lose and honestly like he's killing it right now and and that's what we were expecting him to do and uh it's great to see it's great to see him uh kind of bringing out the season and hopefully honestly that hopefully this will be his breakout season i hope so too man Uh, i think it'd be great for this team just for the long-term success uh and i think all that's left is kevin visio to figure things out because once all the big three figure figure it out watch out baseball oh yeah so uh how about now we go, uh, I think we will get Cam onto the show. So how about we head into that interview now? Today, we are honored to be joined by Cam Lewis, the editor-in-chief of The Nation Network and the head writer for the Blue Jays Nation. Well, hey, Cam, how's it going? I'm doing good. That's uh, it's nice that you guys are honored to have me. I don't think I've ever been introduced with uh, quite that much esteem, so I appreciate that quite a bit. <laughs> always honored, always honored. It's awesome having uh, cool guests like you on the show always. That's, a, that's, that, that's another one. That, that's a, that really brightened my day up there. I appreciate it. <laughs> two for two. Huge. Keep them coming. I love it. <laughs> Of course, of course, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, right now it's Saturday afternoon. So, uh, how have you been? How's your how's your morning going? I guess we'll just start off kind of smooth here. Uh, it's been okay. I'm kind of confused as to why it's the first of May and the weather is the way it is here. Oh yeah, it's like extremely disappointing. I was kind of hoping by now it'd be like 20 degrees and sunny, but it's like seven degrees where I am and overcast. It's like that's depressing. I thought we were through that. Oh yeah, I'm just waiting for like the the nice sunshiny weather. I've been, we've all yeah. been waiting, just trying to get out of the house yeah. and stuff. The longest winter of all time. Oh, yeah. Straight up. I still have my winter tires on. Still, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. It could, uh, it could always, uh, it's a, it's a Canadian thing for it to snow in like <laughs> mid-May. It, it happens. Yeah. It is what it is. Oh, That's yeah. what we yeah. signed up for. Yeah. Uh, so Matt, why don't we get started with the questions? Cause we've got a lot, we've got quite a bit to get through and not much time to yeah. do it. Of course. Of course. Uh, 
So we'll talk about the Blue Jays now. So uh, just off the top, I guess going into this season, obviously this season's still fresh. Uh, what were your expectations for the Blue Jays like like heading into the season? Uh, well, they're kind of a difficult team to pinpoint because last year they did a little bit better than expected. They made the playoffs, but they didn't really make the playoffs because you know they expanded the field to have eight teams per league. And the Jays finished eight, slightly above 500, and the season was also 60 games. So it's like, okay, that's, you know, less than half of a normal season. But then, you know, they decided that was a win, and they went out and leaned into it, signed George Springer, signed Kirby Yates, he got injured, so that didn't really help. Resigned Robbie Ray, got Steve Matz, did a whole bunch of stuff. And it kind of made it look like, okay, this team's ready to kick the door down. But the reality is, is that they're still extremely young, and there's still a lot to figure out. So most people are thinking, oh, geez, they signed George Springer. They're going to win 96 games. But that's probably a bit of a stretch. So, I mean, to be totally honest with you, they could finish anywhere between 80 wins and 96 wins, and I would not be shocked. It's, it's, it's just a total crapshoot this year, and it's been quite entertaining to follow, I think. I definitely agree with you there. And uh, this season's been pretty uh, entertaining from that department. So far... The Blue Jays are 12-12 and for the first month of the season, currently sitting second place in the American League East. If my math is correct, that means they are not in the playoff picture, but again, it is still early. Right now, the Kansas City Royals are leading the AL Central. (laughs) Baseball in the first month is weird. It is, yeah. Very weird. So going through the first month, uh, there's been barely any George Springer, uh, a lot of uh, moving parts. Some players even tested positive with COVID. What's been your impressions of this Blue Jays team so far? Uh, there's there's quite a bit to like. I mean, Vladdy breaking out this year is the most important one because his first two seasons, they weren't bad by any stretch of the imagination. You know, he's like 20 and 21 years old, young player in the league. You know, not everyone's going to come in and be, you know, Juan Soto and be amazing at that age. But, you know, Vladdy's gotten in shape and now he's putting up MVP caliber numbers, and that's what you need. That's kind of their X factor. The pitching's been uh, the most surprising thing for me. I mean, you looked at the starting rotation heading into the season, and it was a Hyunjin Ryu and a whole bunch of nothing. But both Robbie Ray and Steve Matz worked with Pete Walker, and they've been ridiculously good. And the bullpen's been arguably the best in the American League thus far, and it's a whole host of random names like Anthony Castro, Tyler Chatwood. Like, those guys are just killing it. So... The key for the Jays this year is the offense is obviously going to get better. It's just kind of a reality that batters tend to start slower than pitchers in baseball, and the Jays haven't been healthy. But as you saw kind of on Friday night when they played um, and everybody was back, they were hitting like crazy. But the key is is if the pitching can keep it up. It's hard to say if it will because there isn't a hell of a lot of pedigree in that pitching staff. But I don't know. It's working out so far. But if it continues going this way, they can be a very, very good team this year. For sure, for sure. There's a yeah. There's a lot to look forward to uh, this season. And um, again, obviously, it's kind of a small sample size right now. It's still very early in the season. But uh, you've you've listed like the you know the aspects of the team that you liked so far. Uh, is there anyone that's kind of disappointed you, or who's disappointed the most? Um, and that could be relative to, I guess, just how they've been playing. But um, so far, who's disappointed the most? Uh it's there's yeah there's quite a few actually i mean offensively they've largely been driven by two guys bowen vlad grichuk's been quite good too so it's really three guys who have been consistently pretty good and the rest of the lineup is not you know danny jansen's having a historically bad start his ops is like 200 um 
Audi Telez was bad enough that he got sent down to the alt site. That's unfortunate. He had a breakout year last year. Lotus Guriel, same thing. Really good season last year. Hasn't been that good this year. Mm-hmm. Kind of looks like he's turning it around bit, a bit lately. And Cabin Biggio is probably the really big one. They have, um, you know, they tried to play him at third base. His defense, look, defense looks quite suspect. Like, kind of the thing with him is his value comes from being able to play all the positions, but I'm not sure if he actually plays that many positions very well. And then his bat seems to be like there's a there's been plenty of talk with BGO that he can't handle hard fastballs and he can't handle heat. So if guys are throwing like 97 plus, then he just can't keep up. And that is what we have seen this year is he's not really barreling up on the ball, hitting anything for any power. And he's kind of just relying exclusively on walks to get on base, which is not what you want to see. But I mean, obviously, it's early. It's only April. It's just a cold start. Like you don't want to write a guy off like that. But there's yeah there's 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 been a lot of good but there has been the lineup does save for really Bo and Vlad need to everybody else needs to start hitting better it can't be carried by a couple of guys exactly yeah and it doesn't help for Danny Jansen that Alejandro Kirk is off to a flying start especially last night when he hit two two home runs in the game against the Braves I believe it was a 13 to 5 win so yeah a lot more depth uh, offensively will be needed but Thankfully, the arrival of George Springer and once he's back to back and running will definitely help this blue team, this team out uh, going forward. Yeah, no, absolutely. Getting um, just getting uh, Springer at the top and then Teoscar at number four, it just makes it a lot better because then you don't have to use, you know, Marcus Semien and Kevin Biggio are not leadoff hitters. Uh, you know, whoever else they're putting at number four, they're not Teoscar Hernandez. Those are just better players than what they had in those spots. And now they're one, two, three, four with. Springer, Bo, Vlad, Teoscar, that's that's very strong. And I mean, you obviously want your five, six, seven, eight, nine to start hitting better, but just the fact that you have that four at your top means it's gonna be a good offense. Like the the what the bottom of the order does will make it elite, but with just those four will make it good. Certainly would be exciting if everyone's clicking on all cylinders. Uh, you were talking about Vladdy a little bit earlier, and uh, his start has been absolutely remarkable. He's seemingly on the cuffs of becoming one of the great players of this day and age. Do you think he has what it takes to be up there with the likes of Fernando Tatis to Acuna and all those other guys that are just making the game? Juan Soto, so fun to watch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Vlad's like, I mean, beyond just like the name pedigree and being the uh, the son of a Hall of Fame player, like what, what, what Vlad accomplished in the minor leagues was insane. Like the numbers he put up, like he obviously, the talent was all there. And I think, the challenge for him was adjusting to the major league level. I, given his talent, I would imagine he hasn't been challenged that many times in his baseball life. So adjusting to major league caliber pitchers is a challenge. And then there was the out of shape thing, which quite clearly affected him, obviously on the field, but when he was batting too, like his, you know, his launch angles, his bat speed, now that he's in better shape, he, you know, he's hitting the ball like crazy. And then even beyond that, he's becoming quite a good first baseman. I don't think we'll ever see him shift back to third because the reality is, is like, you know, long-term, he's just going to be a 1B and you might as well just keep him there so that he can get good at the position, which he is. But no, there's no doubt in my mind that if all goes well for Vlad, we'll probably see him win at least an MVP once in his career. That's the expectation based on his talent. Well, Freddie Freeman could be an MVP as a first baseman, then I certainly think Vladdy can be an MVP as a first baseman too. Although it was fun to watch him as a third baseman in his rookie season. Like some of the plays he was able to make uh, when he was clicking was was pretty pretty spectacular to watch. Yeah, considering the, sh- the the shape he's in right now. 
Sorry. Yeah, I'm saying considering the the, the health, like the shape that uh, Vladdy's in right now, like health wise, like he's uh, mm -hmm. like the. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Players. I would. I'd love to see him get another crack at third base. I just I can understand why they wouldn't bother. I mean, you know, they have other guys they view more long term there, and I'm not sure if they 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 do truly believe that Vlad can last at third. I mean, obviously, it'd be better if he could because that opens up one VDH for just a pure bat. If you have. You know, it's the difference between having Josh Donaldson and Edwin Encarnacion, basically. Like, um, yeah, if Vlad could play third, that'd be sick. But I'm just not sure if they're going to bother giving that a go or if they're just going to let him stay at first and get comfortable and become very good at first base and just let it be his thing. He seems to be very comfortable there. He likes to, you know, chat with guys when they get on base. It kind of just matches his vibe on the field. For sure, for sure. And it's just crazy how, uh, I guess, his production has just increased pr pretty quickly um it's just a lot to look forward to but uh for also it's been a long time coming for uh george springer to finally make his jays debut and we've seen that um we only have two games to kind of go off of right now but how do you think he, he's done so far uh i mean it's hard to say like um he was on base like what was it three or four times i think in the second game the first game was obviously his first one back it's not can't have that high of expectations um i'm kind of excited like he yeah i think the key to look at here is uh just like what kind of at bats he's having like is he um you know taking the right pitches is he like getting good swings like does he look comfortable like and he does and he looks like especially in the second game he was had very competitive at bats he was setting the table for the guys beneath in the order and that's great it'd be nice to see him play center field because that's kind of a little bit more up in the air with the injuries and you know where he's at it's kind of hard to say over the course of his six-year contract how he's going to do in the outfield like i think we all know the bat's going to be good but how good is the defense going to be is kind of the question certainly going to be an interesting feat but it was good to see him finally get a hit yesterday uh i think it was like the second pitch he faced uh got a single to left field uh so once he gets fully comfortable i think that really just helps uh improve uh the, the team's overall depth. And that's kind of a leads into my next question, because you were talking about how the Blue Jays do rely heavily on their stars and their depth guys haven't really picked up the pace so far. How would you think they should try to improve it? Should it be just stay the course and hope that they can pick up their production? Because Teoscar Hernandez uh, did win a gold slugger, I think last year and Lourdes Gurriel had won an award, which I can't remember as well. Or do you think that they should go about making that upgrades through trades? Uh, I mean, you're not going to see a trade yet. No one's trading in April and May. You have to kind of give your guys a chance, right? Like, I mean, outside of really Danny Jansen, I guess the play there is to play Kirk more. If Biggio's not hitting, I mean, continue to put Santiago Espinal's done quite well. So give him more chances. I I just think it comes down to let let the guys play really. Like there's pedigree, there's talent. Just let them get themselves sorted out. Like you look around the league, there's a million guys off to bad starts. Like go look at the Yankees. Like Aaron Judge and Young Carlos Stanton are doing nothing, and it's like you know you're not going to bench them or go trade for different guys. Like at this point through through April, May, and then into June, you really have to just let your guys get themselves sorted out, and then once you get you know, later in June, then you can start, I think, looking at maybe trading for guys. But I do think for the Blue Jays, the if they're going to be trading, it will be to upgrade pitching. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, and also, like, 
when we get to the all-star break finally where do you think the jays team uh will be like this jays team will be in the standings right now uh i guess come all-star break that's a tough one it's really hard to say they have a very difficult month of may here coming up i'm just their schedule they're going after this series they hit the road and they go to oakland and they're in houston and they're in atlanta and then they have Philly, Boston, Tampa, New York. There isn't really a, much of a break in this month. So it's a pretty sink or swim for this team. Um, I think if they can, you know, if Hyunjin Ryu comes back from injury and only misses one start and then they can just like keep rolling and keep everybody healthy, then I mean, there's absolutely a chance they could be in first place in the division. Like the Yankees and the Rays have been kind of meh thus far. Boston's leading the division with a 17 and 10 record, which is weird because they're not that good. And it's like, I don't think they can keep that up. I don't think maybe they will. Who knows? I mean, they did that in 2013. It was really random. Uh, yeah, it's possible for them to be first, but I think ultimately you just want them to be in the mix, right? Like you want to be over 500. You want to be within striking distance. That's pretty much what all, all you can really ask for from the team, I think. And certainly the one thing the Jays were really hoping for is Nate Pearson to start the season, but obviously that hasn't happened. He's still recovering from an injury, and he is starting to pitch games uh, with the trip with the Buffalo Bills uh, Bison soon. Uh, we'll, we'll slowly get him back up to speed and uh, joining the team very soon. Once he does join the team uh, and gets his first start of the season, what can we expect from him, and how quickly do you think he'll get back to the form that we saw from glimpses of back in 2020? Oh, that's that's a complete wild card. I really have no idea what to expect from Pearson because even last year, like he was all over the grid. You know, he came out and he had this amazing start, and then all of a sudden, it just looked bad, and he was walking guys, and he wasn't throwing as hard as he could. And then, you know, this year he's injured again, and it's something different. It's a groin issue this time, and you don't really know how up to speed he's going to be after not having a real spring training and just being at the alt site. So Pearson's a real conundrum for me. I, I I really honestly have no idea what to expect. It'd be great if he came up and just hit the ground running and was, you know, a top of the rotation guy like he can be, but that is far from a guarantee. I, I I'm that's yeah, that's a that's a mystery. I have no idea what to expect from Pearson, honestly. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Pearson will be certainly fun to watch. Uh, hopefully this is the year he finally breaks out and finds some sort of consistency. And maybe even elevates his game to the levels of some of the young pitchers we've been seeing in baseball. We were talking about uh, where we think this Blue Jays team will be at come the All Star break, and we we you think that they're going to make it to first in the AL East, which I think is a very reasonable expectation given how things have gone so far. But let's say come playoff time, this Blue Jays team is in the mix and they get a favorable matchup. Do you think this Blue Jays team, as constructed, can win advance past uh, maybe the ALDS, for example? Uh, I mean, it's so hard to say now because you just don't know where other teams are going to be at. Like, you know, the Yankees have been really bad this year, but are, you know, are they going to rebound? Like, maybe they, you know, figure it out and become very good. Maybe the Tampa Bay Rays go out and acquire two really good starting pitchers or something like that, you know? Like, maybe Kansas City is legit and they go all in and trade for two guys. Like, it's so hard to say, but the thing with the Jays is... um. Yeah, they could probably go. They have the talent to go on a playoff run, I think, because their pitching has been good, and that's what you need in the playoffs. Like the bullpen's been very strong. Random arms are killing it. Hopefully, they kill it all year. You know, Ray, Matt's Ryu, three lefties. They're they're all just pitching really good. Maybe Pearson comes back and he's good too. And then maybe they trade for another guy, and then all of a sudden they have one of the best rotations in the American League. But it's it's just it's just way too early for that now to know. I think the talent's there, but. 
there's there's just so many things that could go right and so many things that could go wrong and it's the same situation with you know eight other teams in the American League maybe they break out maybe they don't so uh, I think that's maybe like come July we'll have a better idea of what to expect from that certainly looking forward to that and I'm certainly looking forward to how the the, this, the rest of this season plays out Cam it's been a pleasure thank you so much for taking the time to come speak with us uh, hope to do it again sometime yeah no worries thanks for having me on. Honestly, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sure the uh, the listeners loved having you on. And uh, do you just want to plug your uh, socials, your socials, and uh, where uh, listeners can find your work at? Yeah, just uh, if you want to see everything I'm up to, just follow at djsnation.com. We do a podcast there after every single series, um, talk about what's going on, like a little thirty minute thing. On uh, Monday, we'll drop a podcast where we kind of uh, go through all of the things to expect from this year's minor league baseball season, which starts this upcoming week. The New Hampshire Fisher Cats specifically look extremely exciting because they've got Austin Martin, Jordan Groshans, guys like that. So we're going to walk through all of the minor league systems and who to pay attention to. So that'll be a, that'll be a fun one if you're interested in that kind of thing. That is awesome. So everyone who's listening, go check him out um, and also go follow him on Twitter and all that stuff. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, uh, Cam. It was a great discussion, and uh, I, I really had fun. Yeah, no worries, guys. Just, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. No worries. Uh, yeah, have a great day, man. So, man, I definitely agree with you in saying that was a great talk with Cam. Uh, he certainly provides a lot of uh, analysis and knowledge on the Blue Jays, uh, and it just confirms what we were talking about earlier. He he puts in a lot of work, and he knows his stuff. Uh, if you ha- don't follow him yet, you definitely should. 100%. Uh, again, if you uh, if you haven't checked him out, uh, follow him on Twitter as well. I don't, I'm not, I don't remember if he plugged his actual personal Twitter, but it's at C... O-O-O-M, so that's three O's in the middle. Um, definitely give him a follow there. Uh, yeah, just just great stuff. And his articles are honestly so insightful and, and great stuff. So make sure to check him out. Always a great time having him on the show. Absolutely. Uh, now, I wanted to just switch gears for a moment because uh, there has been big news this week uh, that we want to just talk a little bit about, and that's regarding uh, Roberto Alomar, who was one of the key pieces uh Part of the Blue Jays teams that won the World Series in 1992 and 1993. A bit of a different story this time around. Uh, There's been some sexual misconduct allegations that have been made against him. And the the MLB recently did an investigation on it. And it was recently concluded. And the Blue Jays came swiftly with their decisions. Uh, They released a statement uh, yesterday where they announced that they cut ties with him, uh, removed his... uh, him for the level of excellence and are taking down his banner at the Rogers Center. Now, Matt, mm. I don't know about you. This was uh, pretty striking, and I think it was the right thing to do because uh, uh, you can't uh, take these things lightly, especially if it's a player that uh, means a lot. To, well, meant a lot to the city when it was when he was in his peak. Because uh, these just things uh, you cannot uh, brush it off and think uh, that's that. I completely agree. I hundred percent agree. Um, there was the investigation that the the league conducted and the team conducted and um you know based on those results they said that um you know it was the right decision and i believe it's the right decision to cut ties uh uh with the with Roberto Almar um you know with those results because you know 
it's so important to obviously always believe the allegations and, and it's so important to, uh, you know, make sure that your team, your organization, and also, I mean, also the environment, like the, you know, that the, the stadium is a safe place and, you know, you don't want to have a banner hanging, uh, you know, of, um, a person that's accused of something like that. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just, it, it was just the right decision for the Blue Jays to do. So I'm completely, I completely agree with that. I definitely agree with it as well. And uh, yeah, I think this is just the, the start of uh, many more moves like this that come in the future. Like it d- d- does not matter what your stand, what your place is on the team, like how popular you are, or like uh, how well known you are uh, around the sports world. Uh, if you commit acts like this and it comes against you, uh, and the allegate and the investigation pr- confirms it, then uh, I think it's in te- every team and every league's right to uh, act accordingly. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot more stuff like this because, again, these things cannot be taken lightly. And if it's, yeah, even a guy like Roberto Alomar is not safe from it. So, yeah, like I said, I definitely agree with the Blue Jays' decision uh, on the matter. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I 100% agree with, uh, you know, uh, the whole situation with uh, what how the Blue Jays handled it. And, uh, you know, it's important that they handle it that way too. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, guys, believe believe the victims. If When they come out with stuff like that, don't just brush it off as nothing. For sure, 100%. Um, yeah, with that, I think we'll uh, head into our next topic, which is uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs hockey talk, you know? Um, and honestly, it's been a good week for the Leafs. Uh, they just... They clinched uh, their playoff spot this week. Um, the first team in the North Division to clinch it. So, round of applause for them there. <laughs> um, they're still on pace to win the division, but there's still a handful of games left to play. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see how that plays out. I think the main thing is that they, they clinched the playoff spot. And five straight years, I think I read that's the uh, longest streak of, uh, of you know, consecutive playoff appearances for the Leafs since the early 2000s yeah it's been it's it's been crazy it's been just how uh how how bad the Leafs have been uh, since the turn of the millennium uh with the exception of that playoff run to begin uh, the 2000s uh it's just it's just been uh an empty abyss for for many many years and obviously last year was a bit of a like a, maybe a bit of an asterisk just because it was a pandemic shortened season and they only made it to the play-in round but if they still qualified for the postseason in some form they did make it obviously to the first round of the playoffs but hey it counts just the same and yeah no this is a great story this is a great story for the leafs uh it's uh it just shows how far they've come uh, since brandon shannon took over uh as the president of uh, the leaf operation so again it doesn't really matter in the end because uh we care about uh, how they actually do in the playoffs Oh, for sure. <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see how that works out. Um, but all we could say is this season has been going great for the Leafs. They seem like the best Leafs team we've seen in a long time. Um, and yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before, but if any season was to be their season, um, it looks like it could be this season. So they, you know, they just have to, we just have to see if they'll squander that in the playoffs or if they'll achieve, um, you know, or, or, or past expectations there. Um, but currently they're on a three game win streak and um, they've been playing really well. I mean, we just saw, especially uh, David Riddick, David Riddick won uh, his first game as a leaf against the Canucks just the other night. Um, mm-hmm. And we talked about that 
kind of last week uh, about David Riddick's tough start as a uh, a Leaf, but I, it's kind of it's great to see that he finally got that one a win, and uh, it was a pretty good performance too. So, do you still have any worry about him being in net, or, or does this kind of ease some of the worry? It definitely eased some of the worry. Uh, obviously, he still let in a bad goal for the one goal that he did allow in that game. But uh, it's definitely been a, an improvement from uh, where he was in his last start against the same Canucks team where he let in a couple of stinkers, especially the one from a very sharp angle to Tanner Pearson, I believe. So, yeah, good, good, it's a big confidence boost for him. Uh, hopefully, this leads to more success uh, down the stretch. And if the Leafs absolutely need to rely on him going to the playoff time, at least he'll have that win secured. And uh, he has something to build off of uh, whenever he gets another opportunity. 100%. Um, I feel more confident in him. I mean, I think now that he kind of has that monkey off the back too, um, I think you could expect some more confident uh, starts coming from him. Uh, again, we don't know if Freddie Anderson can come back uh, by playoff time. Uh, there's talk that he might be able to come back before playoff time, but also there's the cap uh, kind of cap crunch that you have to work out then if he does come back before playoff time but right now David Riddick seems to be the one who will get a few more starts uh at least until the end of the season so I feel a little more confident with him in that now yeah absolutely I think the Leafs goaltending is in a good spot Uh, the only thing that can make it even more confident is if Freddie comes back from his injury and uh is picks up where uh, he left off uh, last season when he was fully healthy uh, mm-hmm. it, it'd be great to see uh, him uh, return to form now i gotta ask you uh because i mean the main kind of the main idea is that he'll return for playoff time but do you feel comfortable just throwing him in a playoff game um after so long well i guess if that that depends on uh if that's going to be his first game uh, after recovering from an injury right now I think the best course of action is just to ride the hot hand. And right now that hot hand is Jack Campbell. Uh, if, if you're to tell me game one of the playoffs, who am I uh, putting in net? It has to be the guy that's uh, had the most success uh, out of all the goalies so far. Um, and uh, has put, has gotten the team to where they are right now. Uh, but it should be such a similar situation to how uh, the Penguins did it uh, when they won their two Stanley Cups. And that uh, you go with the hot hand. If one goalie uh, struggles, then you go with the other one. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a, a good plan to have. Um, but if Freddie Anderson's first game is in the playoffs, if you think he's 100% ready, and I think he will get some playing time with the Marlies uh, to just get him back up to speed because uh, at the end of the day, that's probably the only way he's going to get into a game before the playoffs uh, just because of the cap situation. Yeah, I think uh, it's probably the the only way that they, they'll he'll be able to play his first game back. Oh, for sure. For sure. We'll just have to see, um, obviously, when the time comes for him to return. Um, but uh, like you said, I think you go with Campbell. I think either way, Campbell's been riding out this whole season. I said it before, you need like a Hawk goaltender to, honestly, all you need is a Hawk goaltender um, to fix your kind of goaltending issues uh, for, you know, a winning team. And we've seen that time and time again in the in past uh, seasons where a hot goaltender can just help ele- elevate a team when one that could sometimes even come out of nowhere um jack campbell is looking like that right now for the leaf so uh ride him out until you know you don't uh, ride him out until something goes wrong really exactly yeah and uh the there's some death at the position now that hasn't been seen since the start of the season when aaron dell was the third string goalie 
uh, yeah, I think the Leafs are in a good position right now, and uh, they they they're going to take full advantage of uh, having three capable NHL goalies on their roster. For sure, for sure. Um, we'll go through our next couple topics. Uh, kind of quick. They're pretty short topics, but uh, Austin Matthews has been absolutely lighting it up. I mean, I know the talk of the whole season has been, uh, you know, he's an MVP candidate. I think Connor McDavid's kind of run away with that title right now. I, I'm sure Austin Matthews will still end up as a finalist. But more importantly, I mean, what's he at now? 30, let me let me just check the stats again. I think he's at 37 goals, right? Um, Something like that, yeah. That is, uh, I just want to, I just want to see how big the, uh, the gap is. So he's at 36 right now. And Connor McDavid's in second with 28 goals. So Austin Matthews is basically running away with the Maurice Richard trophy um, unless Connor McDavid lights it up while Matthews has like a slump. But knock on wood, I don't think that'll happen. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, do you think he can hit 40 goals? He certainly seems like he has what it takes to hit 40 goals. Uh, The guy's been uh, on a mission to start the season. I think uh, the fact that he missed out on the Rocket Richard Trophy last season kind of upset him uh, by one goal, to be more precise. And I think he wants to add some trophies to his re- to his resume because uh, to this point, the only thing Austin Matthews has won of significance so far was the Calder Memorial Trophy, which is given to the Rookies of the Year. Mm-hmm. I think he has what it takes to win this Rocket Richard Trophy. And I certainly think he has what it takes to hit 40 goals. Now, obviously, it's not 50 goals, which is what a lot of people were thinking he could do when he was like starting the season, scoring like a point in 20 straight games. But fact of the matter is, is that he's having an excellent start. Had an ex- he's had an excellent season up to this point, and he certainly has what it takes uh, to hit that 40 goal plateau. Oh yeah, and the Leafs have uh, six more games left uh, to end off the season. So he just has to hit four goals in those six games to hit 40 goals. Um, and even still, like he's only played 46 games so far. What That'll put him at 50. My math is terrible, but 52 games, 52 games in the entire season and scoring 40 goals, 40 goals out of 52 games. Like that's insane. <laughs> that is insane. Yeah. That's comparable to like nearing 70 goals in an 82 game season. To put into perspective how impressive his uh, goal-scoring season has been so far, he has a .782 goals per game average. If you multiply that over the course of an 82-game season, that is 64 goals, roughly. 64! And no one's scored 60 in a season since Steven Stankos did it 10 years ago. Yeah, That's just insane, the pace he's on. That is absolutely insane. And yeah, like I said, like, and it's like we haven't seen this in a long time. And, and for the most part, scoring's gone. I mean, scoring has went up in the, in recent years, but goalies have been getting better. Like, it is it is getting tougher to score. But Austin Matthews has honestly lit it up. It's going to be cool to see him win the Maurice Richard uh, Rocket Trophy. And, yeah, I mean, he's obviously already become one of uh, the league's uh, prolific goal scorers. Yeah, it's just it's been fun to watch uh, his season so far, and I hope uh, there's uh, many more goals to come because it's just I, I don't know. I'm just flabbergasted. I'm I've run out of words to describe it. You know, it's just that's just that's what just what it is. Like guys like him, uh, Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaitel, Nathan McKinnon, so many others. They're just so much fun to watch. It's just a treat to witness these guys, uh, the best players, in their peak so soon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Um... And I want to round out the Leafs talk with just one more uh, topic. Uh, 
load management. I know that's a basketball term for the most part, but and a basketball idea. But you know, the Leafs have now clinched a playoff spot. Obviously, I guess the last prize for them for the to, to round out the season would be to win uh, the division. They they literally, I don't think they've ever won uh, the division title in their history, unless you go way back. Uh, I just want to double check that. Um, I can't. Well, uh, actually, right ni- ninety nine to two thousand was their only one in the modern day Leafs. Other than that, it goes yeah. back to nineteen to the nineteen thirties. So, modern Leafs, <laughs> it's been a while. So, it would be really nice for them to win the division. I guess that's the last thing. But on the other hand, playoffs is still obviously the bigger goal, and actually su- yeah. succeeding in the playoffs. So, do you think the Leafs? should play around with the idea of load management i know it's again it's typically a basketball thing because hockey just doesn't do that um but do you think it's important to possibly rest the star players um give them some rest to you know get ready for the playoffs i'd say you use it sparingly you don't go all in on it just because uh, i think the leafs do still want to secure home ice advantage through the first two rounds at a minimum and that's what uh clinching the north division title would guarantee them um i th- i think uh they would like to keep most of their players uh, on the roster but i think if there's if there's certain situations where the time calls for it uh where maybe the opponent's not really going to make the playoffs the game doesn't really mean anything in the grand scheme of things so we, it's we can afford to sit some guys out then you definitely would would, would rest some guys uh or maybe if a player doesn't feel 100 percent coming out of a game uh their next game is maybe the couple days later then you probably sit someone out just like hey take as much time as you need to get back up to speed uh, and do that uh, that's what i'd say uh would be the least plan going forward i don't know how many uh play how many star players are going to be staying out of games if anything it's probably going to be Someone like maybe William Nylander, John Tavares that sits out games because again, I think Austin. If Austin Matthews wants to set out a game, he will say it. But at this point, I think he'd want to ride this out to the very end, uh, just for from from his perspective. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, the Leafs are probably going to be doing load management at some point, uh, some some shape or form down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, it's definitely beneficial for players like Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, um, even John Tavares, and William Nylander uh, too rest get some rest uh especially you know austin matthews he's kind of battled some injuries earlier in the year you just want to make sure he's 100 percent. but again i i don't know because it's just not a hockey thing to do like simply put right um yeah it's just not a concept that teams pull off really so i don't know we'll see how it works we uh we'll see we'll see what they choose but i definitely think they they want to chase the division title so I don't think they're going to load management too much if they do. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But with that, with that, uh, we'll round out the hockey talk, uh, closing out this episode slowly, but I believe there's a couple more topics of this week that you wanted to cover. Yeah. Let's get to the big, big story for the NFL. Obviously this, this weekend has been the NFL draft. Uh, Trevor Lawrence went first overall to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and, they always always do a great job with uh, entertaining uh, fans with their draft, but there was a couple of big stories. The, the small one was uh, Tim Tebow making his return to the NFL as a tight end, and he was getting tryouts with the Jaguars uh, going into this coming season. But the big story is Aaron Rodgers not being f- happy with the situation in Green Bay. 
and he's demand he just demanding change or he wants he wants out uh matt do you think uh do you think we could see aaron Rodgers on the move this summer or do you think that this is probably just a minor speed bump and green bay finds a way to make this work um i i mean i read that the Packers don't plan on actually like moving on from him. I know it's a trade request though, so that puts them in a very, very difficult situation. And for the most part, when an athlete, especially a star caliber athlete, asks for a trade out, they usually get their way. So I know the Packers would love to, you know, reconcile uh the situation and uh, you know, keep him, um, as they said, but I think he will get traded, especially because he we just know the history of when when stars ask for trades for the most part um you know it you know it works out in their favor for the most part um where do you think he might go i think uh to a situation where he can continue to be the star and i think he wants to go somewhere where he has a legitimate shot at winning a super bowl because uh for the longest time uh Aaron Rodgers has longed for additional help offensively, and he hasn't really gotten that. But yet, he somehow carried this Green Bay team on the doorstep of the Super Bowl time and time again. And they just coming up short. And this past year, the straw that broke the camel's back was the fact that Green Bay was not looking to get wide receivers or running backs to help complement the offense. Instead, we're looking to get quarterbacks. And mm. Jordan Love uh, really hired uh, his camp. Uh, so now he wants to cut ties with the GM, uh, Brian Guttenkirst, uh, to maybe get someone that's more f- f- aligns with his vision for what he's looking for, for the team. And if it's not uh, satisfied, then I'd say maybe a good destination is Denver because that's a team that really wants a, a quarterback right now. Um, and there were rumors that um, <clears throat> uh, that they were, there, there were talks about a deal potentially in the works. Obviously, that did not uh, come to fruition, but uh, I definitely think that um, a, a Denver uh, situ- a situation where uh, Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver or even to, to the Vegas Raiders seems like a, a strong possibility. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And I just want to say uh, Pro Football Talk has uh, reported that Aaron Rodgers' three preferred destinations are the uh, 49ers, the Broncos, or the Raiders. Obviously, he's from california and he reportedly wants to go play on the west coast so let's say out of those three teams do you see um him going to one over the other i don't think the 49ers are going to be the team that gets him simply because they they just drafted a high quality quarterback in the draft this year his name is slipping my mind but i'll get him in just a second uh it doesn't really make much sense to to make that move and then immediately trade for uh like uh aaron Rodgers. uh that fast uh trey lance is the the, the name uh, I and mean, he's a high talent he's a very talented quarterback who i think could be a great fit for a team that uh was one went away from uh clinching the super like was all was on the doorstep of winning the super bowl last season uh, a season ago but lost to the uh, kansas city uh chiefs uh yeah they don't make they don't make the most sense to me uh just because of that but out of those two i think uh, the raiders probably make the most sense uh the vegas is probably a team that really wants to make a change they have good enough pieces but i just think that the quarterback has been their achilles heel for the last couple of years getting a stable presence in aaron Rodgers would be a huge get for them and you could definitely send Derek Carr the other way it's a trade that probably makes the most sense uh i would not be surprised if aaron Rodgers gets traded it's to the raiders mm-hmm. we'll see we'll just see how it works out because yeah he has uh 
he has requested those teams. So, I mean, for for the most part, they'll likely shop uh, shop him within those three markets. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff already in the uh, off season, keeping keeping things interesting. Yeah, there's one. If there's one thing that the NFL does right, it makes uh, they have a lot of entertaining dialogue, and uh, the off season always dominates the headlines. So I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot more of Aaron Rodgers as the weeks go on, and uh, I'm curious to see how this ends. Me too. Me too. We'll just have to wait and see. Honestly, uh, it's going to be a long off season, but we'll see. Oh yeah. Um. Next up, uh, I'm switching into a, a serious. Another serious topic, uh, uh, Jake Furtanen has been uh, accused of uh, sexual misconduct uh, and the uh, Vancouver Canucks has, uh, they've put him on uh, a leave. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's definitely uh, a a very uh, crazy situation going on there. I'll read you the statement that the Vancouver Canucks released today in regards to the sexual misconduct allegation that dropped yesterday and, uh, caused a lot of public backlash on uh, sites like Twitter. We have become aware of the concerning allegations made about one of our players. Our organization does not accept sexual misconduct of any kind, and the claims, as reported, are being treated very seriously by us. We have engaged external expertise to assist in an independent investigation, and we have placed the player on leave as we await more information. Now, that's definitely the right move. I think uh, allegations of this nature are very serious. And as a, as we were talking about with Roberto Alomar earlier, um, it doesn't matter uh, what the stature of the player is in the city. Uh, if these allegations are proven true, uh, you need to react accordingly. And I don't think uh, like it's looking good for Jake Vertanen right now. Uh, he deleted his social media yesterday, which is a pretty telling sign. I think that uh, uh he's not going to be playing a game for the Vancouver Canucks anymore. And I, I don't even think he's going to be in the NHL anymore uh, at the end of this season. Um, these kind of allegations, these kind of allegations and this, this kind of uh, uh, reports that go against a player, especially if they're proven true are a career killer. And it's happened time and time again. And I, Jake for is just one of the latest exceptions. Uh, yeah. The Canucks did the right thing by uh, putting him on leave. And I think, uh, he's likely uh, played his last game as a Canuck. And like I said earlier, always believe the victims. Always listen to what they have to say. 100%. And just like you said, uh, I agree with everything you said. Like, these allegations have to be taken so seriously. Um, You know, the investigation is being done right now, and that's a separate um, that's a separate topic. But the, the, the Canucks did the right thing by placing him on leave because, you know, uh, these things, are, it's a process. And... Um, that's like you said, regardless of the status of the person, um, these allegations have to be taken seriously and the Canucks have to take it seriously. And they did. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, have to see how how this situation uh, pans out. But, yeah, it's a uh, it's a very serious investigation. And, uh, you know, obviously hoping for the best for the uh, the uh, accuser um, and uh yeah, just hoping that uh, the 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 situation works itself out. Um, yeah, and that and that that the investigation is swift and uh, the punish the correct punishments are handed exactly, out. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I think that's that's all we can really hope for, and that uh, that the victim is looked out for and uh, taken care of, and uh, like 
gets pr- protected uh, through for, for all this uh, and, and just gets the proper support that she needs uh, through this very difficult time. I, I, I can only imagine how difficult it was to just bring forth these uh, allegations and just everything that she's going through right now. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. So I completely agree a hundred percent with you and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how uh, that, that goes, uh, in the future. And, uh, I think that rounds out the topics we wanted to talk about this, uh, uh, this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know it's a bit of a, de- a uh, like a, a serious note to end the episode on, but, uh, you know, life has been kind of serious since the start of the pandemic. Uh, it's honestly not much we can do, but, uh, it's you been, know, if I, mean, you, if you... I was gonna say with the pandemic, I mean, things are getting, things are picking up though, so it's great to see. Yeah, uh, if you guys haven't gotten vaccinated yet uh, and you're able to, please do. Uh, it's the only way we can ensure that we get back to normal very soon, and hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, sometime next year, we this this year we get to watch a sports game live again. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing one again. It's been too long. Yeah, for all our listeners, definitely. Uh, if you're American, uh check i know they've been rolling out their vaccines pretty effectively so check to see if you can get vaccinated if you haven't already and for the canadians uh um you know we're canada's slowly getting quicker with their rollout things are looking up um if you're at least i know at least if you're in ontario there are they are opening up uh vaccines to a lot of population so if you're eligible please go and get vaccinated absolutely Mm -hmm. uh why don't we just plug our social media before we get out of here Yep, of course. Uh, so you can follow me. You can tweet me. Uh, all the likes, you know, leave us comments about, you know, feedback about the podcast, whatever, at Matt underscore Rodrigo underscore on Twitter. You can also do the same and follow and leave us feedback or any comments on our podcast Twitter at Behind the Net Pod. And you can follow me on Twitter at the Leafs IMO. And of course, uh, you can always catch us on. Uh, Twitch every now and then when we do an EASHL game or even any other games. Uh, and like we were talking about last week, uh, now that I have a PS5, the possibilities are endless for what we can play. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, so, yeah, re- recommend any good PlayStation games that Michael should play. Tweet him. Tweet him. He needs his suggestions. And uh, also, <laughs> any goalies out there that play goalie in EASHL on PlayStation, please hit us up. We're looking for a goalie. <laughs> or anyone who just wants to play on our club. We're, we're totally Absolutely, down. yeah. Yeah, yeah, even if you don't more, play goalie. The more the merrier. Yeah. Yeah, actually, absolutely. The more the merrier. That would be fun. All right. So thank you, everyone, for uh, listening this week, and we'll catch you guys next week. See you guys. Bye.